and welcome to the first ever episode of Bevington Banter with your hosts, Cassidy Pocock, formerly Bevington, and my father, Randy Bevington. Would you like to give a little introduction of who you are and why we're doing this? Yeah, I'm excited to do this. It's something we've talked about a long time, and uh, we have a lot of interesting conversations, and we thought maybe we should just make it into a podcast. We used to have a lot of the kids' friends over at our house, and they would tell us we should be a reality TV show. So maybe this will be the next closest thing. Uh, as Cassidy said, I'm Randy Bevington. I am uh, in. I'm a full-time pastor and have been for a little over 30 years. Grew up in a small Midwestern town in a place that doesn't even have a stoplight. Uh, and uh, after that, went off to college after I graduated from there and joined the Air Force National Guard uh, to help pay for school. And uh, after college, went full uh, active duty in the Navy, where I moved to Southern California and spent the next 23 years there, where I met, uh, as John Mellencamp would say, an L.A. girl and uh, married her for 36 years. Now we've been married, but I have brought her back to this small town in Ohio and have her living in the middle of the cornfields. But um, we have a lot of opinions about a lot of things, and uh, we're going to share some of those with you. Awesome. And I am one of the two, the younger of two children, fortunate enough to call him dad my whole life. And so I grew up raised with a pastor as a father and didn't think I would go into ministry, went to school for uh, science, physics, and mathematics. I worked for the Navy, not in the Navy. I was a civilian as a scientist for three years before uh, transitioning into ministry. So I now also work in ministry just for a couple of years. I got married a little over a year ago. My husband is all an LA boy. So <laughs> We, uh, and I've brought him now to uh, Nevada and we've taken him out to Ohio and countrified him a little bit. And he is now entering a career with the military, with the army. So we both have a lot of government, military not, or experience and also ministry. So a lot of the things we'll talk about will be political or social, cultural commentary, but it will come very much through a faith-based lens and also very conservative constitutional um, mindset. The conservative part is true. I always joke with people that my two children make me look like a liberal. <laughs> I Yes, I, part of my motivation, you talked about kind of why we have a lot of opinions. So we wanted to do, we thought, well, we might as well record it. We do have a lot of interesting conversations whenever we talk on the phone. And I had started writing on a Substack that I called Coffee Stained Constitution. And I was writing about some of these topics and political ideas from a constitutional um, mindset. And I found though several months ago that all of a sudden everything that I started writing or would want to write just wasn't fitting on that platform anymore. My priority seemed to be shifting from the political to much more of a faith-based and faith-centric. So then I thought, well, they don't really fit here. So I haven't done anything there in a long time. Maybe this would be a better thing to shift to. I think we both have both of those interests in mind, but you tend to come much more in our conversations, bringing the current events and the political 
and I maybe go theological or bigger picture a lot. So I think we'll pull each other in those directions and have interesting conversations. Yeah, it's something that I deal with a lot. Uh, several of my sermons recently have certainly leaned into the political, and you always have uh, the conversation within the Christian community is, should the church and Christians be dealing in the political realm? And as I was pointing out, we just had a conversation yesterday in one of our classes that uh, the word political simply is another word to mean public. It is where, as a group, as a community, we deal with public issues as a large group. So political simply is uh, the dealing of uh, issues in the public square, so to speak. And so, as I pointed out, my view is, is that if our faith, our Christianity has any meaning, it, it only means something if it's expressed in the political or public realm. Otherwise, what good is our faith? If it doesn't govern how we uh, live our lives, how we interact with people, how we uh, determine parameters that best work for society, if we don't take those things that are a part of our faith and, and introduce them into and, and use them as guides for our public life, then really our, our faith is just meaningless. Right. That's the entire idea of walking out a Christian life. It can't just be this thing of ideas. We're called to walk it out. So, and our purpose here is to serve God and help fulfill his purposes. So if we're not applying that to our everyday lives and sharing that with others, and what are we doing? And of course, you're aware that there are many people who do not like many Christians who do not want to introduce their faith into the so-called political discussion. They just don't want to do it. And I, I mean, yeah. I can't attribute what specifically to each person, but I think generally I can only conclude that the reason they don't want to do that is because when you take your faith into the public square, then you, you basically make yourself a potential target to many, many more people. Right. And they just aren't comfortable with doing that. However, I also hear the argument of people who say you're trying to push, you know, your ideas on us or force us to live by rules, laws that are set by Christians or whatever. But everyone has, even if, if you're not a Christian, even atheism is a religion. It's a belief system. And so they're making their decisions. They're voting based on their worldview. So we're just doing the same. It's just a different worldview. Exactly. It, and even if you don't want to say atheism is a religion, then you're still doing the exact same thing. You're taking your view of what the world should be, right. and you're trying to force it on me. So it is a belief of what uh, brings about the best outcomes yeah. uh, for every for as many people as possible. And I certainly think that that was one of the primary motivators behind our founders and the way that they framed the Constitution and really the limited way that they structured it. And if you look at the Constitution, it's four pages long, um, as opposed to how many pages some of the bills we've seen introduced for at least, you know, recently in Congress. I mean, I would love to see somebody pass, uh, you know, a bill that says no legislation from Congress can be longer than the Constitution. <laughs> um, you know, you uh, we're we're saying these things, but I should preface 
if someone didn't know us at all, which I don't even know what the odds of someone who aren't our friends or family listening to this <laughs> are, but we are not it's only a matter of time <laughs> forcing Christianity on people. We are strong believers in freedom and freedom of choice. It's simply the how to bring it. I think most people genuinely want, you know, what offers the most freedom and the or the the best life for the most people. It's a disagreement on how do we get there. And right. also things where we disagree on, well, that starts to infringe on someone else's freedom. And so we're not trying to force actual Christian practice on anyone. Yeah, I love I love the opportunities when they come up to share with people who really are interested in hearing uh, what Christianity is, what it what the gospel means, which simply, you know, good news. And that good news is, as a friend of ours says, is that it's the best bargain in the world, the greatest bargain there is. You give God all of your sin and he gives you eternal life. Um, I mean, I love opportunities to share, but at the same time, I don't spend time uh, trying to convince anybody or, or evangelize anybody uh, that isn't interested in. I mean, I, I know I'm going to sound different than a lot of Christian preachers, but I find God to be the most non-manipulative being there is. So why should I try to manipulate anybody? God lets people to go to hell every day. If that's what they want to do, then that's their choice. Right. And he'll let them do that. So why, why should I be any different? So maybe we use this to transition into uh, a one topic where people would disagree and maybe have a problem saying that Christians are putting their opinions into the political or social cultural sphere. And it really, uh, it's something that there was a topic that, you know, got us to finally record this first podcast that I texted you a few days ago, just saying, I got to rant about this. We need to just do this podcast. And I think it ties into a deeper idea. Um, the disagreement of just really at the root of how we make a lot of our decisions is what is life and the purpose and meaning behind it. And so I'll tell you just this, the thing that got me going was I saw an ad during the Ohio State game, Go Bucks, on Fox for a new reality singing show called Alter Ego. And I'm just going to read the description that Fox has on their website for it. It says, Alter Ego is an all new original singing competition where lost dreams and second chances are reignited when singers from all walks of life become the stars they've always wanted to be. However, these contestants won't perform as themselves. Rather, they'll be given the chance to show how they've always wanted to be seen, creating their dream avatar, alter ego, to reinvent themselves and perform like never before. So in the commercial, it really was these avatar selves where you could be the ad showed people with pink skin or someone with fairy wings and they're performing as this avatar and that's what the judges are seeing singing and i the how the description of the show says they will get a chance to be to show how they've always wanted to be seen they can just create whatever image of themselves they want and i thought what a just tearing down of what it means to be human. We've now moved on. This is the next step in, we've already told God, hey, it you messed up in making me the way that I am, my, you know, my gender, you put me in the wrong body and whatever. We've teared down 
society has teared down the meaning of that. And now we didn't give me pink skin. Yeah. We've moved to the next step of saying you messed up on our entire species and just tearing down what it means to be uh, a human. And I think it reminded me, there's a book that was made into a movie called ready player one. And the book is not written as a commentary, social commentary or any kind of warning. It's really just for entertainment. But when I watched this, uh, basically in they all go, it's a set in the future and everyone, you know, the world has come to shambles and people basically just live in this virtual reality and they put on the headset. They can even wear suits in which they feel touch of other people's avatars in this world. They can move around and have these omnidirectional treadmills so they can really just live in this world. And it's entirely made up and fake. And I thought this is, and people have these avatars where they can be whatever they want. And um, it just, it reminded me of that. And this future is like, is this where we're going and where we can actually get these sensations and be able to basically indulge all of our most carnal desires and instincts without any of the consequences. Well, I have a couple thoughts that immediately come to mind when I hear this. One is where it sounds like you're building something that you really desire. It couldn't be more meaningless because it's not real. And the other thing is, it just, I would just want to say to the person, my, my, uh, my baser self would want to say to the person, what a pathetic, weak person you are that you want to build this life for yourself because you're too lazy to build what you want yourself wow and i'm going to use my myself i am a uh 60 plus year old man and i will take my shirt off and flex with anybody am i lying no okay (laughs) why because i'm willing to put in the effort and work at because that's what i want and i know how to do it and it means something to me and I maintain it because it's significant because I've achieved it. I continue to achieve it. I'm going to continue to work on it. I don't put on wings so I can fly around. I became a pilot. pilot. I have an airplane. I can go do it whenever I want. I put in the effort. That's what's so frustrating about this is that everybody wants the shortcut. And when you shortcut it and it's not real, see, this is real. I really am in good shape. I really am an aircraft owner. I really can, if I want to, as we have done, get in our airplane in Ohio and fly it to California to see our family. I can do that. What they're doing is meaningless. It has no meaning whatsoever other than to to escape responsibility and accountability for their own lives. Yes. And the idea of you said taking the shortcut, it's all about you know, the get rich quick or the get success or the just, and it's, but it's just not. the high you're, you might, you're, that they're your after. avatar might be successful, right? but you're sitting in some dark, dingy basement having no meaning to your life. I don't know where all this is headed. It know. seems like as a species, the human race is wanting to eliminate, almost eliminate itself because this moves into so many other areas where uh, we've discussed before the idea of there's so much more, um, well, we, we've, you know, th- they talk about the lower testosterone level of males, uh, problems with sexual performance for young men because of performance, because of porn. pornography, uh, um, you know, virtual sex. I mean, uh, all these things, um, men aren't men, women aren't women. We, we've de- we're demasculating the male society. 
um, we have already below replacement uh, levels of births. Are we trying to eliminate ourselves as a species, which makes no sense whatsoever when you think about it? Why would you want to eliminate yourself as a species? It's completely counter to any survival instinct. Exactly, which was taught for decades, if not centuries, that you know, there's your Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, survival, Darwinism, even though I reject it, teaches what? Survival. But it's because this idea of they don't feel the need, the drive for survival. The instinct isn't kicked in because we've lived in such, such abundance and comfort that it's just nice. They don't have to worry about those things. But now it's becoming a bit of a reality that the, you know, the, the replacement level bursts, you know, that we're below that. Right. Yeah, we've but it doesn't set in. You don't feel it. They don't feel it in their actual life. So the that instinct isn't there. By the time that people realize and they begin to feel it in their personal life, it's it's going to be too late to turn things around. Um, Like in China, that say that it's too late. So like in China, where the one child policy set for so long put them in a place where they had this plethora of young men, but no women of marrying age for them to marry. And now they are realizing how much of a problem it is. They've changed that. And not only that, that even the men that are there aren't getting married. And that's part of the reason that they've passed this new law that limits the number of hours or the the time of day or whatever it is that men under a certain, people under a certain age can play video games, which that is going to have a huge impact on the e- esports in their world is or in right. that nation is huge. But right. um, because that they said that they want more to encourage more masculine men, and part of the reason they cited was this idea that men aren't getting married, and that's a problem for them. I will say this about I mean, I despise China with every fiber of my being, and uh I despise the people in this country that are literally selling our country to China. However, I will give them this. They're willing to do what needs to be done to correct the problem that they see. And they don't care that there are going to be people who disagree with it. We want everybody in our country, we want everybody to agree with us before we do anything. And that's just never going to happen. Not only um, what you're talking about, the elimination or the the great reduction of, of uh, gaming that's allowed now three hours a week. They also have banned uh, effeminate men from appearing on television. Well, they also, they why do they have effeminate men? Well, because there's so few women. Um, is that maybe a possibility? And they've also raised now their childbearing limit up to three. So they've, yes. they've tripled basically, you know, what, what they were allowing before. But now, because now they find themselves in this big plunge so in America, we're now just headed down this route by choice, eliminating manhood and the difference between manhood and womanhood and what the value that that brings. And as a woman, I'm offended at all these things. Women are special uh, in their ability to bear children. And that is a thing that should be celebrated and not just torn down like any man. Now a man can have a baby or supposedly it's offensive. Well, apparently, if, if men can have babies, I would like to see the evidence of that. Um, <laughs> apparently, I saw somebody posted something about if men could have, 
if men could get pregnant, they would have abortions at Jiffy Lube. <clears throat> so um, maybe men, and then somebody commented, I thought men could get pregnant, could get pregnant, you know, according to the left. Well, there's so now an men, emoji. There's now an emoji yeah. for it on your iPhone. Yes. Maybe men do get pregnant and they've just been aborting them at Jiffy Lube all this time. So, but I'd like to see the evidence of that. I'd like to see, show me one man who's, was born someone with xy chromosomes xy chromosomes who has given birth birth. a baby yes show me one but i feel for what these people who are mentally right i don't deranged seem some of them but some people are just brainwashed and have been told these things or raised in this way that uh in this society that's totally messed them up and it's there's no hope in it there's no true joy and satisfaction and because they're so insecure in who they are that's what the whole this whole thing is about i'm so insecure in who i am that i need to be somebody else a different gender i need to have pink skin or fairy wings in order for people to accept me or to feel like i am right in my body when in reality god created you what i want them to know and experience is the the peace that i have and the joy that i've experienced in learning who god made me to be and and all that comes with that and what he's enabled me to do and wants to do with me and through me i i've said this many times is that uh it is becoming a christian i became a christian as an adult um and even to this day, uh, now almost almost 40 years after becoming a Christian, um, I am my father. Uh, I have specific traits. Um, we chose different paths. Uh, but what I learned from being a Christian was God did not make me wrong. He didn't, he, it wasn't incorrect in giving me the passions and the motivations and the things that I have, because my father, uh, very similar, he used them as he desired to f- satisfy his own, his own desires, as opposed to my making a choice to take those same characteristics and surrender them to God to be used for his purposes. And so those same very characteristics that my father used and misused uh, are productive when surrendered to God and uh, following out the plan that he had for my life. In fact, he gave me those very characteristics so I could carry out this plan. It's it's why people don't fall asleep when I preach. That was a scary statement well, you made be because in two. a lot of ways, I am also my father. You're much prettier. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it's this great search for meaning also. And if your meaning and your purpose is not in rooted in God and his purpose, then it's just yourself and going after what you want. And that will always fail you or lead to temporary highs. Yeah, I, I, uh you know, lived into my adulthood and through college uh, as not being Christian. And I'll, I'll be the first one to tell people is like, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Sin is fun. Uh, I got some crazy stories, but there was you don't experience the, the all the cons. If you if you experience all the consequences, yes, if all the consequences of sin and sinful behavior were immediate, nobody right. would do it. Right, right. And, and and I mean, luckily it didn't take, but about, you know, 
you know, three, four, five years or whatever for me to really see the consequences just piling up and piling up and realizing, I mean, when I went from after college in the National Guard into active duty in the Navy, uh, I did that very much to force myself to straighten up because I knew they wouldn't let me carry on the nonsense I was carrying on, you know, that I'd been doing during my college years. And, um, and, you know, God knew he had a, another plan along with that too, and brought, uh, you know, people into my life that, that really helped me. But um, yeah, that the price it it was fun in the moment but the next the next morning or the whenever you came to or whatever uh what you had to deal with it just got to the point to where this is not worth it and it's certainly not leading anywhere that's going to create the life that i want it to create also hardship i'm thinking has no what it it's much more unbearable i suppose apart from god right whereas Cause I was oh, thinking in that, alone. right. You wake up and you're thinking, you know, well, I've put myself in this position. How am I going to get by? Um, can't provide, you know, I blew my money on whatever, all this stuff. However, and I thought, but it's not like just submitting your life to God immediately brings, uh, you know, just comfort and prosperity. There's still hardships and we still go through things, but it's that having hope in that and knowing that there is more or that there's a purpose beyond this earth and you want to say people are living in virtual reality like actual virtual reality but it's virtual reality within virtual reality like one of your favorite sermons that you've done is this world is virtual reality because the truth is the eternal and um, that we're going to go into when jesus returns Right. And you know, the other thing about it in all of this virtual and automated world that we live in, and, uh, you know, even tie it into the political, uh, as much as we're talking here about the cultural, uh, uh, you know, uh, UBI, universal, yeah, basic, universal income, basic income, all these things. It's like there's God ordained man to derive his living from work. Work. We were made to work. Exactly. I mean, once the fall occurred, then we are to derive a certain amount of value and satisfaction uh, and, and, and provision that we need comes from our own labor. Just read Ecclesiastes. And man, so much more, yes, mankind, but the work is different for a man versus a woman. And I see this even in, in Cole's strongest desire to provide and be a provider for a family. Whereas I always never, I always imagined, you know, I'm going to go study science and I imagine myself being a career woman and being very successful and a boss lady. And I was quite shocked. No one who ever knew me when I was growing up could have ever imagined me wanting to just be a mom and have a home and be a homemaker. But I've been quite shocked as I've gotten older and come into womanhood that I do have this desire to, you know, I think more and more like, yeah, I could, I want to homeschool. I could be a mom. I could stay at home and still do something. And I would feel like that is my work. And that would be my work. And if you know me at all, you would say, this is 
proof that there's a difference between men and women because that's not the way that I I never grew up imagining. I was not the little girl imagining her wedding and wanting to be a mom and playing with baby dolls ever. No, you were blowing things up. And yes, what do you want for Christmas? I want an aircraft carrier. I uh, did. You know, in fact, in third grade, the boys asked my teacher after one time after show and tell, why does Cassidy always have boys toys? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say this, uh, and maybe you'll maybe you'll edit this out in the uh, in production. Wow, what a word! Production. <laughs> We're in production. There is nothing more satisfying than raising your kids. Nothing. I, it's the only time I think that I've ever been upset with God is when my kids grew up and left home. I just, I had so much fun. And I also uh, grew up. You don't you know, like just, any just, other kids besides your own. I don't like any own. other kids <laughs> of my own. Well, I got two grandkids now. Uh, but And the know, ones I you've adopted. Get, I didn't French, grow up. Our friends. Yes, we have. Yeah, kind of an adopted daughter, which we love very, very much. Um, but I grew up not really thinking. I wanted my life was about me. I wasn't thinking about kids, and I didn't get. I was twenty five when, when we got married, and we were married almost seven years then before we had kids. And um, so I wasn't really. You can't say I was rushing into being a father. Um, but once they came, there's. I just realized what how misunderstood I, you know, how much I misunderstood the situation, what it meant. I, and even now, um, as we went to, with our grandkids and our son and, and uh, daughter-in-law to the fair last night, um, there's nothing. And I said something to our son. I said, as, as our daughter, granddaughter was riding a, a little ride, I said, there is nothing that makes you happier than seeing your child happy. It's just, and even though it's, even my grandchild, it's just, there's nothing that will top that moment of seeing, knowing the joy that is in your child's heart in that moment. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. And I'm not a parent, but Cade, my older brother, he has two little girls and I can tell you that instant change in him and who he was yeah there was there was growth (laughs) when he got married but when he became a father yes a complete and utter change in his um, persona and motivations and yeah yeah the the things he found joy in well I asked him after uh, his first was about six months old I asked him one day uh, one morning at it was actually after church I think I said, I'm going to ask you a serious question. I'd like to get a serious answer. He, of course, being Cade, said, I don't know if that's possible. Well, none um, in our family, you'd never know if that's, you might get you know, a serious answer, but there's going to be a joke thrown in there with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I said, I said, I, my question was, did you ever know you could love somebody so much? And he just immediately and completely serious just said, no. I thought you were going to say, don't, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what, uh, you don't know that that level of love until you until you have a child. Does it also he, just and, completely? And it was a beautiful it was a beautiful chance to say. I, I said now to point out to him. Now you know how your mother and I feel about you and your sister. But now take that to the next level of under it, that doesn't even compare to the way that God did it. Did having kids right. and having that understanding help you also understand better oh. the way that God sees you. I understand God the Father so much better once I became a parent. And and my love is 
you know, weak and, and, and distorted and imperfect, uh, imperfect compared to his. Right. And the, I, I, I had that realization um, one time. I remember, you know, we're told in first John that God is love. And I thought, oh, okay, God's love. So, so what, you know, and then it's like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. No, you don't get it. God is love. And, and again, as a father beginning to understand what good is God being love if he has no one to express his love to. So what did he do since God's love and he needed for it to have meaning to have somebody express it to? He created us. We are the purpose so God can express his. We are we are what God created so that he could express his perfect love to us. Well. Well, if you're out there and you need love or know someone who needs love, send them this. <laughs> Look to God. I think that might be a good place to wrap up our first episode. I don't know that they probably won't all be like this. I'm sure some episodes will be more political, more current events, um, but I think it's a good first episode to kind of understand us and some of the things that we think and we how might we see the get world. our son involved might get my son involved too and if see so, some guest appearances from other bevingtons he'll he'll completely dominate the conversation it will be a very different <laughs> very yes. different podcast he's, yeah he's really funny yes in a very biting way <laughs> <laughs> all right well if you're still with us after this time thank you for joining us and we love it if you would share it and continue listening with us in the future